0: Farmers today are facing rising costs, volatile markets, and extreme weather. The A Better Way to Farm podcast digs into strategies to help you take control of farm inputs and maximize profit so your farm can thrive for generations. Remember to take advantage of our free resources at AbetterWay2Farm.com.
1: Now, from America's heartland, here's your host. Well, hello, Rod here at A Better Way to Farm. Excited for you to tune in to today's episode. I'm super excited. I'm excited about our topic. I'm excited about our guest. We appreciate you guys listening as always, and we're thankful for your time and that we get to be a little bitty part of your life. We're going to talk today about getting yourself set up to have the best 2024 that you can have, the absolute best. How are we going to get set up for success? And I've got a guest here who's been a great friend of mine for many years. I'm super excited to have him on with us, and he's very well-versed in how to do this. He's been doing it for a long time, and he's going to talk to us, help us. We're going to discuss how it is that we're going to get ourselves set up to have the best year we ever can. And I just want to welcome to the call a good friend of mine from out in Western Iowa, Preston Groby. Preston, thank you for your time today.
0: You bet. Thanks for having me on the call.
1: I really appreciate it. So Preston, as we get ready to think about 24, what do you feel like step one is?
0: So as we're getting ready for step one, you know, some guys are are finishing up harvest. I got a couple of customers that are finishing up harvest, but I also spoke with a guy, Timmy, this morning who has 1,100 acres of beans to go out on the East Coast. So as you're riding in that combine, you know, think about these type of things because preparation is key. And so we want to prepare ourselves to have the absolute best 2024 possible. And then there's a lot of steps that go on with that. The first thing I'm gonna talk about is is obviously soil testing. We wanna create that roadmap. We have to know what your soil levels are. In today's world, we all have technology. If you're going somewhere, you go into that little tab at the bottom and you punch in your destination, okay? So correlating, that's your yield goal. And then your phone figures out where you're at currently, and that is your soil levels. And then the phone creates the roadmap or the prescription, the recommendation on how it is to get there. And so we got to know all those things to be the most efficient with everything we do.
1: Absolutely. You know, and it's funny because just yesterday we had someone reach out to us, Preston, and his comment was, and I, you know, it was well-intentioned, but he's like, my landlord won't pay for lime. Well, that's fairly common. The landlords, you know, you can get into a debate whether they should or they shouldn't. But his other comment was, well, my landlord won't pay for soil testing, so I don't do it. And I got to be honest, I'm not a fan of that. If I have a long-term lease, five years, I'm probably going to be the one that puts on some lime. Even in a short-term year-to-year lease, I want a soil test because, as you well said, I can't get where I want to go if I don't have some kind of a roadmap. And honestly, soil testing is going to run you way less than 5 bucks an acre. It might be as little as your labor plus $0.50 cents an acre. And that being said, uh, you don't have to get much extra yield to cover $5 an acre or $0.50 cents per acre. You also don't have to save a lot in inputs. And with the price of inputs in today's market, that's pretty typical. And most of our guys find out that they need to redirect some of their input dollars of what they've been doing isn't necessarily getting them any bang for their buck. So guys, we just want to encourage you. We really do believe step one is to soil test. And you know, I often quote my friend Dennis, and he always said that the best time to plant a tree was 30 years ago, and the second best time would be this afternoon. And soil testing is the same way. We believe in fall testing. We like it the most because it gives us the most time to react. But if you're listening to this podcast and fall is beyond us, then do it immediately. Get you up, know, grab it, get it collected and go and get out there and, and drill that and, and, you know, get you some soil samples and get them sent in because it's really going to be the thing that helps you to make the most money. As we talked to all of the growers that we're talking to, and there's a bunch, a bunch of guys who started last year and they are so happy. But it all goes back to they learned a lot from the fundamentals of agronomy training and they learned a whole lot from their soil test, figuring out what to do and how to do it. So anything you want to add to that, Preston?
0: Yeah, I actually had a guy that called me and he says, well, you know, how often should I soil test? And they also wanted to know how many of their acres should they test? You know, oh, well, we, we sample a third of them every year. And so in three years, we collectively have sampled them all. Well... You want to create a trend line. And so in order to create a trend line, you need three. So that's going to take him nine years to create that trend line. First off, a lot of things happen in nine years. And in my corner of the world here in Western Iowa, some ground changes hands more often than that, especially in the rental market. And so we really recommend that you sample every acre every year for three years to get that trend line established. Then you can move out a few years. But the thing also about sampling every acre, is I always ask him, well, is there an acre of your farm that you don't care about, that you don't care how much money you make on, that you don't care how much it yields? No, you care about them all. We have to get the best return on investment on every acre there is. So we have to sample every acre to know what's there.
1: Precisely. And I want to be crystal clear on that because you and I are talking about sampling every acre every year for three years. We're not talking about one acre grids. And there's another podcast that we're not going to go into that today, why we do what we do. As a matter of fact, it's really interesting. I just read an article last week. They were talking about the fact that it makes, there's a lot of things that make total sense that don't really work. For instance, sampling by zone. We've heard a lot of guys talk about that. And there was some studies done on that. And they came back and said sampling by zone has not paid its way, which I found interesting. You can look that article up if you so desire. But we're not talking about grid sampling here. And I would encourage people to get into one of our other podcasts or get on Facebook. And we'll talk about how specifically how we want to soil test. But in the interest of your time today, Preston, I want to move on. I think probably the second thing, and this could be the first thing, depending on what time of year it is, but let's talk a little bit about a crop digester, why they want to do it, how they do it, when they do it.
0: Yeah. So we got some new guys on the team up there in Minnesota that had some phenomenal yields this year. I mean, they can't hardly believe it, but they see the crop, they see the yield monitor, they, they see the scale tickets. So they have the proof in front of them. The yield is fantastic, but now they have all this residue. And so what do they do with all this residue? Well, residue isn't a problem as long as you manage it. And so one of those things that we do to manage that is, just as you said, the crop digester. And so we have a recipe, some products and source locally, and there's also something that you need to get from us to really make that zing. And when you do that, there's a lot of phosphorus and potassium, especially potassium, in the residue, and you don't want that to be tied up. I was down on a customer's farm this year, this fall, and they were harvesting soybeans, and you could still see corn stalks (laughs) in their field from the year prior that still hadn't broken down yet. And so if that corn stock is still there, there's still nutrient value in that. And so we've got to get that broken down. We've got to get that microbiology rocking and rolling so that it converts that stuff into the nutrients for that crop.
1: Absolutely. You know, the bottom line is it's recycling. That's what we're doing. We're recycling the nutrients faster. Obviously, you got to handle the residue because it'll get in your way. And it's funny because 160 bushel corn and 300 bushel corn there's a whole world of difference in the residue and what you're going to do with it. And so managing it becomes key. Now, make no mistake, guys. We don't want to destroy it. We're not in favor of baling it. We're not in favor of burning it. We're in favor of saving it because we want that organic matter and we want those nutrients. That's the number one thing. We want to recycle that P and K. As Preston said, especially that K, there's a tremendous amount of potassium in corn stalks. So we want to do that. So yeah. And if you're interested in that recipe, Reach out to us. We'll be happy to get that stock digester recipe to you and, and give you a hand with that and really make it go. I think the third thing this year, you know, the post COVID world, Preston is very different. Yeah. And we've come into a time in our life where, you know, we can sit around and debate. I get guys that tell me they just want to farm 80 acres and still make a living. And I, I guess I'd be okay. And I, I wish that we could do that too, but it's never going to happen. You know, the world that we live in, that's not going to happen. And in the post-COVID world, we can talk about how we wish it was different. We can talk about how we wish everybody would still go to work and how we can find enough people to fill all the jobs that we have and and all those kinds of things. And we can talk about how it used to be we could just go to town and pick up what we needed because they had it there. I drove 40 miles yesterday, Preston, to get six bolts, six bolts. They didn't have them. They don't stock that. And so the six bolts were $5 and the freight to get them here was fifteen ninety five. That's the world we live in. You can argue about it. You can hate it. The only thing I could do was I had two choices, order the bolts and pay the money or not fix the piece of equipment that needed fixed. And so that's where we're at. And I say all of that to preface this, we live in a world now, Preston, where we need to get our product on hand. We have to control our own destiny. And that means from our standpoint, we want to see seed, fertilizer, micronutrients, chemicals, and maybe especially fuel on the farm this year. I think this instability in the Middle East has probably not yet begun to really show its ugly head, but I think will be not pretty when it's all said and done. What have you got to say about that?
0: So that has a lot of different facets to it, you know, because you can talk about, okay, so let's say fuel prices go through the roof because of what's going on in the Middle East. So now we're having surcharges on delivery of anything. On top of you know what it normally costs, and the price of the products might go up too, just because of the raw materials and coming in and manufacturing costs. You know, there's so many different facets, and you could also say, okay, so maybe some of those raw materials don't even make it to the companies to make those products if you don't have it on hand. You know, maybe it's no fault of the company that's supplying you stuff, but they simply can't get in the raws to even make the product. So there's just a, so many things that can go along with this. Um, get it on hand, and then you have it, and then you're good. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's exactly where we're at. And guys, if you haven't called your fuel guy, I don't know. I'm not your marketer. You know that. Here's what I believe: if your marketing plan for soybeans is you, you're holding for 18, but you'll take eight and a quarter, you need a new plan. I'm not the guy to say I don't know when fuel's going to be its lowest. Here's my question: What do you see looking forward in the next 12 months that says fuel is going to go down? What's out there? Instability in the Middle East administration doing what it's doing towards fuel. There's nothing out here, Preston, that says that. And so therefore, I think it might be a really good time to um, go ahead and fill up the barrels and maybe make some contracts on next year's fuel. And in regards to the other stuff, I really don't even want a contract. I want it on my farm. You agree? Yes,
0: absolutely. I read something yesterday where they were talking about how with Dicamba and Enlist and Extend and all that has come out It's really last year, glyphosate and glufosinate both really tank as far as consumption and usage. And so they look for those prices to be really low right now. But that also makes them forecast that because of that, it's going to have a huge surge next summer for glyphosate and glufosinate. So if you're going to put Liberty or Roundup in your program, that you need to get that bought now so that you have it on hand at today's prices.
1: Absolutely. I think it's always interesting to see how that that fluctuates and it gets low and everybody goes to it and then it gets high, but they just keep going. And I just think it's probably time to to get with it. So guys, I I just want to encourage you as a matter of fact, you know, we've got some discounts right now in play that are that are pretty darn good. And I would encourage you to take advantage of those. Preston, let's talk about what are you gonna do in the shop this winter? What are we gonna do with our equipment? What's your plan there?
0: Yep. So the wintertime is a fantastic opportunity to look over that equipment, you know, repair and maintenance, you know, maybe you struggled through finishing something up and you, you just limped something along in order to get done. Let's make those inspections, make those repairs, and if need be or want to be, make those upgrades. You know, there's a lot of equipment out there where we can upgrade to get better seed placement to get better fertilizer placement, you know, the furrow jets, you know, not to name a lot of different companies, but there's a lot of different equipment out there to work with placement and, you know, looking at your sprayer, you know, flow meters, nozzles, tips, you know, maybe this year is that year that you're going to look at foliar feeding. Okay. So let's maybe look at some different nozzles and tips to go along with that. And so now is just a fantastic time to go through all of that, do those inspections, do those repairs and do that maintenance and get all that stuff taken care of.
1: Absolutely. You know, it's interesting that you said that as I talked to Zach's grandpa today and I talked to Mike yesterday and both those guys in their operation, they were actually getting sprayers or like, we're just getting a sprayer and it's just dedicated to fuller feeding. We're not going to have to worry about rinsing it out. We're not going to worry about changing tips and lowering the pressure. And they figured out, you know, weed and feed is, it's okay, but we're not a fan. And part of getting that equipment set up is to say, okay, We know we're going to full air feed. We want at least 65 pounds of pressure. We know we want low volume, eight gallon or less. We know it's got to be really clean tank, or we're going to create some trouble. And they're just going to set up each one of them. Said they already had their plan in place in this winter. They're going to have a dedicated rig just to full air feed. And I know some of you guys are scratching your head and going, "Man, I don't know about that." But the bottom line is, guys, they're doing this because they know it pays. And they want to be able to go jump on that in a timely fashion, you know, that you're spraying chemicals all day and all of a sudden you want to go full air feed that night. Well, now you got to change the tips. You got to change the pressure. You got to get it good and clean. And you just lost an hour and a half of good spray time. And so they're going to go a different way. So I think that's fantastic, Preston, to, to get after that. Let's talk about the guys who are sitting out here and they're going, man, I've been listening to you guys for 10 years. I've been watching the industry. It's time to get liquid on my planner. How do they go about making the right decision to get set up? How do they do that and not have to sell 80 acres to make it happen?
0: Yeah, I've had some customers say, well, I'm getting ready to trade planters. I'm going to get a new order and a new planter through John Deere. And I talked to them about adding liquid to it, and, and they really got sticker shock. And so I don't want that to concern you because there's a lot of different channels and avenues that the manufacturers go through to make that happen. So we have several connections so if that is something you desire to do, if, that's, if it's time for you, and more than likely it is if you're not already there, get a hold of us and we can put you in contact with those people to get all those things figured out on what to put on your planner. The tanks and the brackets are typically the most expensive, but we can get a system as simple as just an on-off switch and a pump and a pressure gauge to as complicated as you want to have, you know, that has row shutoffs, has turn compensation. Monitors the gallons per row. So, like I said, we can get as simple or as complicated as you want to be. So, all those options are available nowadays. Technology is amazing, but uh, get in touch with us and we can help you make that happen.
1: You know, and I guess I want to drill down on this just a little bit more, Preston. You know, an, an entry level system say, okay, I want to try this, sample it out, see what I get. You know, we're not talking big money here on a 12-row or even a 24-row planter. Now, it may not have row shutoffs. It may not have the compensation, but it will do a really good job of delivering equal opportunity nutrition to every plant. you agree with that?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So, I helped a customer last spring, BJ, actually. Um, I had a 24-row planter, and he had the, the saddle tanks on it when we got there, but we put everything on the planter that day, and it took us one day him and I to do a 24 row planner. So it can be done.
1: You know, a few years ago, I helped a friend of mine set up a 16. His name was Mark and we got all done. It took about a day and a half. Didn't have any tanks on anything, but start to finish about a day and a half. And he said, Rod, thank you for helping me with that. It just took us a day and a half. And I'm pretty sure if you'd stayed home I'd have got done in one day. So
0: <laughs> <Yep>.
1: <laughs> I may not be the guy you want to come and help you put up your planner together, but we got a lot of friends who are really good at this. And I think that's the most important thing, Preston, is we've got information that we can exchange. We've got friends who can help you. And it's really the value of the team. Talk a little bit about our team and how our team helps people set up for success for next year.
0: Oh, we have the most phenomenal agronomic team in the world. I myself don't have all the answers, but I can get you the answer through our team. So I'm not going to sugarcoat something. I'm not going to bluff something. If I don't have the answer, I will tell you, but I will go get that answer for you. We have guys that specialize in equipment. We have guys that specialize in soil sampling. We have guys that specialize in herbicide and seed. You know, so we have all these different avenues. You know, if you, if you have a question on something, we can get those questions answered.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's the key to the deal is knowing that you got to have the confidence in your teammates to know that they can get the right answers that, that when it comes time for them to take their shot, they're going to make it. And that's what we really have here is a whole group of people that we're comfortable with. Well, Preston, I believe that 2024 is going to be exciting. It starts right now. Any closing thoughts here as we get ready to wrap this up?
0: I think we covered a lot of bases there. But yeah, at the end of the day, you know, you got to feel comfortable with what it is you're doing. Give us a call. We can chat about things. At the end of the day, also, our goal is to make the best operation for you. We have an ideal, an ideal application with ideal products. Maybe that ideal application doesn't work in your operation right now. So maybe we can make some adjustments for that. But the long-term goal is to get to that ideal, to get you those ideal results. And so that's at the end of the day.
1: Absolutely. So guys, if you're interested, if you saw something here that's of of interest to you, you can reach out to us, send us a text at 641-919-1206, or give us a call at that same number, 641-919-1206, and we always uh, pick up the phone or call you right back. We're excited to work with you to get to meet and make new friends. And we are in love with what we do. It's that simple, guys. With that being said, we really appreciate all of you tuning in. Thank you for your time. And we really do hope you're having a better day. You're listening on the Verbal Crowd Network. Find more great shows at verbalcrowd.com.